Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to let you know that this show is made possible by Anchor.fm. It's a free podcast hosting service. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and you don't need any fancy equipment, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on all the platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. And the best part is you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good morning and welcome to News Me, a digestible rundown of the stories you need to know every morning. Whether you're commuting to work or enjoying a cup of coffee at home, we've got you covered on the latest. I'm Jamie, Editor-in-Chief of Scriber, and I'll be one of your anchors. In every segment, you'll also get to hear from Scriber correspondent and independent journalist George Ventura in The Ventura Report for a debriefing on foreign affairs. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter on scribernews.com and share this newscast with your friends. Let's get started. In the headlines this week, Jeffrey Epstein's prison guards are back in court today. A bill decriminalizing marijuana federally passes in a House committee. And the Democratic-led impeachment hearings unveil next steps. Welcome to News Me. Epstein didn't kill himself. You've probably seen these memes all over the internet. While conspiracy theories in politics are no taboo, the Epstein case particularly stands out because both Democratic and Republican voters, no matter how polarized, are skeptical about the circumstances surrounding his death. This morning, the New York prison guards responsible for keeping watch on Epstein's cell are back in court. Tova Noel and Michael Thomas are charged with falsifying records, stating they had checked on Epstein hours before he was found hanged in his Manhattan cell. Federal prosecutors allege the two guards browsed the internet, lingered in an office common area, and appeared asleep for two hours when they should have been conducting inmate checks. Noel and Thomas signed false certifications attesting they had made their required rounds, according to court records. The USA Today reported that prosecutors alleged that no inmate checks were made from 10.30 p.m. on August 9th to 6.30 a.m. the following morning when the officers discovered Epstein's body. During that time, the officers should have conducted five separate inmate counts in the high-security unit. A review of surveillance video allegedly showed the two officers asleep at their desks at one point during the night, according to court records. A bill that could make historical waves in U.S. drug regulation passed in a House committee hearing last week. The Moore Act bill, which would legalize marijuana federally, would give each state the power to legalize or not legalize marijuana. According to a Pew Research study, two-thirds of Americans favor marijuana legalization. Public opinion on marijuana was essentially the opposite nearly two decades ago. In 2000, 63% said the use of marijuana should be illegal. 
Marijuana was also a hot topic on the Democratic debate floor last week, with Senator Cory Booker going after former Vice President Joe Biden's remarks about marijuana. I have a lot of respect uh, for, for the vice president. He is uh, swore me into my office as a hero. This week I hear him literally say that I don't think we should legalize marijuana. I, 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 I thought you might have been high when you said it. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, because, because marijuana, marijuana, marijuana in our country is already legal for privileged people. And it's one, the war on drugs has been a war on black and brown people. I think we should decriminalize marijuana, period. And I think everyone, anyone who has a record should be let out of jail. Their record's expunged. It'd be completely zeroed out. But I do think it makes sense, based on data, that we should study what the long-term effects are for the use of marijuana. That's all it is. As a result, if the bill passes, Previous marijuana convictions would be expunged, VA doctors could prescribe marijuana, and weed-related dispensaries could apply for loans through the Small Business Administration. And despite its overwhelming support, some on the committee say the bill goes too far and lacks full bipartisan support. Republican Representative Doug Collins said the bill fails to address many of the critical issues surrounding cultivation, distribution, sale, and the use of marijuana. He also said that this bill also fails to set any standards to prevent marijuana, THC concentrates, vaping products, and edibles from getting into the hands of those who should not have them. Another week in the ongoing impeachment hearings, Democratic U.S. lawmakers have begun the next step in the impeachment inquiry into President Donald Trump, writing a report on their findings, but this still could take more testimonies and additional hearings. So far, the panel has held five public hearings, and there are no more scheduled as of right now. But Representative Adam Schiff is persistent on writing additional reports after two weeks of public hearings and testimonies. The report is an important step toward a possible vote on formal charges against Trump. If those are approved, the Republican-controlled Senate would then hold a trial on whether to convict Trump and remove him from office, which would likely end there. Republicans have not shown any favor in the removal of Trump, who is seeking re-election in 2020. Now that you're all caught up, I'll hand it over to the Ventura Report for updates from around the world. Hundreds of demonstrators took to the streets in the Colombian capital on Saturday as anti-government protests continued for a third day amid rising fear and violence. The protests began on Thursday when more than 200,000 people took part in what they called a national strike over possible economic reforms by the government of President Ivan Duque. While the majority of the protesters continue to demonstrate peacefully, many can be seen banging on kitchenware in the streets, which is a traditional Latin American protest. Three protesters have died in the unrest so far in Bogotá, where thousands of security forces have deployed tear gas on peaceful protesters, while some group of protesters rioted during the night. The growing violence combined with overnight curfews in Cali and Bogotá due to the protests is the first in more than 40 years that have been seen in Colombia. 
clashes between the police and groups of violent protesters seem to feed a circle of violence in the country's capital, said Sergio Guzman, a director of Colombia Risk Analysis. On Saturday evening, Duque announced the start of a national conversation in response to the continuing arrests. Duque tweeted, Tomorrow with mayors and governors elected from all over the country, we will start the national conversation. He has previously stated that he would meet with protest leaders, including heads of unions, in order to begin a conversation about protester demands. We have new figures from the European Union's Bureau, Eurostat, which shows unemployment in Sweden is rising. Now, according to Eurostat, unemployment there was 7.4% in August, where the EU average for August was 6.2%, which now leaves Sweden on Eurostat's unemployment ranking of countries at number 24 out of 28. And according to a daily newspaper from Sweden Expressen, one of the main reasons for Sweden's high unemployment happens to be the large number of immigrants that the country has taken in. For example, in 2015, during the European migration crisis, nearly 163,000 migrants arrived in Sweden seeking asylum, primarily from countries Syria, Afghanistan, and Iraq. Now, out of those 163,000 migrants, 60,000 received a residence permit. In the group of people over the age of 15, made up a little over 40,000 people, and only 4,574 of them get their livelihood from employment. 18,405 people from that group live on welfare handed by local governments, and 9,970 people receive funds for studying. Eight of the ten cities that received the most asylum seekers in 2015 have higher unemployment than the national average, and in all ten cities, there is a higher proportion of the population living on welfare. Sweden is one of the most high-tech countries in the world where we have cut simpler jobs. Therefore, the knowledge gap is too large for many of the refugee immigrants who come here said economic and professor Per Lundberg. In Malmo, where unemployment is a 13.7%, almost double the national average, the city is looking at a deficit of $40.2 million. There is something we share with many other cities. It is due to the demographic development where fewer people have to provide for more, said financial director of Malmo, Anna Westerling. Back in June, the Swedish parliament voted in favor of a law that is likely to increase immigration to Sweden based on family re reunification. The moderate party and the Sweden Democrats were the only ones to vote against this proposal. An update on the anti-government protests taking place in Iraq. 13 anti-government protesters were killed Sunday by Iraqi security forces in one of the worst days of violence in the countries of protests so far. Since the anti-government protests have broken out in early October, at least 342 people have been killed and thousands more wounded in Baghdad and in other towns. Demonstrators have taken to the streets by the tens of thousands of what they've called widespread corruption, a lack of job opportunities, and poor basic services, despite the country's oil wealth. In statements, the international community, including the United Nations and the United States, denounced the use of force against peaceful protesters. 
Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said last week that the U.S. would hit Iraq with new financial penalties to punish the tactics used to repel demonstrators. For Foreign Affairs, I'm Jorge Ventura. Looks like that's it for today's newscast. Thanks for listening. Go to scribernews.com for more reports where you can also make a donation to support free speech media. Follow us on social media at Scriber News to stay informed. All music in this podcast was produced by Il Ali.